0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: Go grab your pets, bring them around. We're talking about your dogs, your cats, your fish, whatever your pet is, even your chickens, because on today's show, we're going to talk about chicken clothing. Chicken clothing. Chicken huh? clothing. Why? Because, well, the guest that we're having on, she made $50,000 last year making chicken clothing.
2: Are you kidding? That's insane. Oh, my gosh. I'm in the wrong business.
3: She's making chicken. Does she make the chicken tutus? Because I've seen those. That is exactly. She makes chicken tutus
1: and dresses, and she has a little company called Pampered Poultry.
2: Pamper, Pamper your poultry.
1: Pamper your poultry. Yes. (laughs) That's on today's show, so you want to stick around for that, okay? Also, we're going to have Dr. Nicholas Dodman back on. He's going to tell us a little bit about the link between your personality and your dog's personality. Uh Uh-oh. There may be a link. If you're a little bit uh, anxious and antsy, your dog may be anxious and antsy. If you're kind of a kickback type of person, your dog may be a kickback type of person. Hmm. Interesting. New research, and he's going to explain it to us coming up on today's show here at Animal Radio what are you working on, Lori?
3: There is yet another airline that has added its name to the list of all these other airlines that are, you know, tightening their policies. But they've also uh, kind of waded into hot, hot water, murky waters, because they've added a breed band to their stipulation of dogs that can or cannot fly on their planes.
1: Okay, we'll find out more about that right at the bottom of this hour. But first, your calls toll-free 1-866-405-8405. You can also ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. I believe we have Vaughn on the phone? Yes, sir. Hey, Vaughn, how are you doing?
4: I'm pretty good.
1: Where are you calling from?
4: Yeah, right now, I just went through. I'm going through Needles, California.
1: Ooh, must be hot out there, huh? Yeah, about 105. Oh, okay. Are you traveling with any animals?
4: No, I don't. I leave all of them at the house. i got a couple dogs, and they're too big, and my cat, she, he don't like travel.
1: Okay, so they're at home in the air conditioning.
4: Well, they're at home in the house, but the air isn't working at home yet now. So. Oh. <laughs> but it shouldn't be too hot there.
1: Okay, well, you are on with Dr. Debbie. Who, who are we talking about today? What, uh, The cat or the dog? Cat. okay what's up with your cat
4: okay we uh was living in one place and we decided it needs to be bigger so we jerked it out and put another modular unit in but before we moved over the modular unit he just seemed like he liked to urinate in the floor all the time in the hallway well after we yes. moved out of there now he's wanting to go in the living room
5: Okay. And, and when he's urinating, where is he urinating exactly? In the center of the room, against the walls, in the corners?
4: Basically about anywhere he decides to. He don't have really direction that he wants to. It's Like one time it can be in the middle of the floor, one time it can be close to the wall, uh, one time it can be up against the washer dryer.
5: Okay. And does and, and the kitty go outside or are we just staying inside?
4: He just staying inside.
5: Okay. But he and, sneaks out. Uh, <laughs> and is he a neutered kitty? Has he been yes. altered? All yeah. righty. Very good. And do you have other cats running around the house, too, or just him? i got
4: about nine other ones outside.
5: Holy cow, nine.
4: In. Yeah.
5: Ah, uh, now do any of those cats come inside?
4: Well, they sneak in.
5: Okay. All righty. Now, is there anything else going on with the kitty that has you concerned? Anything else as far as uh, not feeling right? Um, any kind of discoloration to his urine? Does it seem like he's peeing excessively, or is it about his normal amount?
4: Things about normal, it's just like, you know, he'll get upset, and that's
1: when he, you know. Uh, we've lost Vaughn. Yeah, we've lost him. He was on the cell there. Hopefully he's listening. But this is, this is a problem that we've had around the Animal Radio Studios. There's so many cats outside that the cats inside spray to mark their territory. I believe that's what's going on. Could that be what's yeah. going on with him?
5: You know, absolutely. That's It's a very confusing situation when, you know, he's he's got different signals and different thoughts. You know, cats that are indoors can live a happy indoor existence, but when we start to have personalities in cats that they're seeing and smelling um, that live outside, then there's a whole territory kind of question. So, you know, it's very possible that your kitty could be having problems where he's trying to mark his turf. Um, You know, I would first want to make sure we don't have a health problem, and you always should have a a urine check to make sure we don't have any infections or stones or problems of those natures, but boy, it really sounds like he has the possibility that he is just frustrated. Um, So we'd really need to figure out some way to accommodate his world differently. Um, We would want to either keep the blinds closed, keep the other cats out, and let him live his happy indoor existence, Um, or make an accommodation where, you know, we've got, uh, you know, a certain cat that stays inside with him. Um, There's so much that goes into the marking of their territory that some cats will spray on corners, some will spray in the middle of the floor, others will go into bathtubs and sometimes right in front of your very face. So I'd really want to make sure that we um, kind of block the scenario where these other cats could be, uh, you know, seeing your kitty. And then at the same time, make sure everything's kosher with that litter box, because if it stinks, uh, your cat's not going to want to use it Uh, so you want to make sure you change the litter frequently Um, sometimes we'll even play around with the litter types and and try some different varieties out there for your kitty Um, but if there's any concerns I'd definitely make sure we get them checked out uh, with the vet give him a clean uh, bill of health in his urinary tract and then uh, work on some of those environmental things where we can try to modify things
1: make sure it's not a urinary infection yeah because you know
5: a lot of times we miss that possible um, infection and we rule it off as a behavioral problem and there's really like a chronic uh, illness going on so you don't want to miss that it's a common mistake
1: Since it is such a common problem, we've actually put information up at AnimalRadio.com on inappropriate urination. You can just do a search from the front of the website. We are with Dr. Debbie, and she's answering your questions at 1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Pet Playgrounds, makers of the safe and reliable real dog fencing system in the world. Pet Playgrounds can be installed by anyone, on any terrain, even over rocks, tree roots, and uneven land. Their website's PetPlaygrounds.com, and thank you, Pet Playgrounds, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey, Mike.
4: Hey, how you doing?
1: Good, how you doing? Where are you calling from today?
4: I'm calling down by Monterey.
6: How
1: can we help you? I got the team here for you.
6: Okay, yeah, I got a dog that l- likes to eat everything, and he's not discussion journey and I was just wondering if there's anything you can do to uh, dissuade that or negatively
5: reinforce that oh, well there's a lot of things you can do definitely um negative reinforcement and we don't have as much luck with this kind of behavior because anything you do to negatively try to correct the behavior actually draws more attention and become makes it more fun so we try to focus on distraction positive reward for other behaviors so i'm assuming he's eating things like you know inanimate objects rocks uh, sticks yes. Things like
6: that, little stuff, and uh, you know, feces from other animals sometimes, or whatever. Oh,
5: delightful! <laughs> so, in what context is he doing that?
6: Uh, just when he's, you know, going for a walk, anything, you know, he just smells things and eats them. You know, he'll dig a hole sometimes. You know, he's just a character.
5: Yes. Okay. Well, a lot of what we got to do is really um, make this guy tired because a board or a, a, a board dog or a dog that has a lot of energy is going to be more apt to pick up things and investigate their environment. So I'd like to find opportunities for them to run, to play, um, playing retrieving games. If you have um, daycare facilities, doggy daycare facilities nearby, that's a great opportunity. But also even just things like obedience work. That is actually more um, physically draining than a lot of physical activity because they are using their brain. So if you do obedience work um, that can tie into things like agility or other types of activities like fly ball, those are great things to make your dog tired and just kind of burn his candle down a little bit. Um, But really, you have to work hard on decreasing the opportunity of when this can happen. So if you're out on a walk, um, some tools you can use would be um, the basket muzzle or a gentle lead style harness um, that fits over the nose or that controls the movement of his head. Um, That's really important because if you're out walking, either, um, you know, just supervised on a long leash, um, you have to be able to prevent that opportunity. Otherwise, it keeps feeding the behavior of making it fun and enjoyable for him. Um, So that also means, like, you know, around the yard or in the house, if he's doing that kind of behavior, you just have to make it so he cannot get that opportunity. So if that means keeping him kennel-confined when you're away or not supervising him um, or keeping him on a a line in the yard where you can control his activities. Um, But that's really the biggest part is you just can't leave him
6: unsupervised. Distract him, too, when he's starting to do that and get him to do something else. Okay. Yeah.
5: So if your dog is starting to get into the poop in the backyard or getting into something, you want to find something that's going to be more appealing—a squeaky toy, a ball. Um, make a lot of uh, to-do about it. So you make a happy voice, and you're going to go in another direction of where that is, and that helps to distract and find something more exciting that's going to be a um, you know a, a positive reinforcement. So you don't want to try to wrestle the poop out of their mouth or pick that rock out of yeah. their mouth because the opportunity to swallow it, especially with rocks, becomes very high. And I see a lot of dogs. That actually come to my office as the people are trying to pry the item out of their mouth. So yeah, definitely don't go that route. Um, I had some great success with um, Tabasco-laced poop in my yard. So it takes a little bit of work. You have to kind of, you know, stick the Tabasco sauce inside um, a single piece of poop um, and clean the rest of the yard. But I'll tell you, it worked for my Nikki girl, and she looked at poop the, she never looked at it the same way. So, um, I like that. But it is a bit gross. You have to be kind of gross like me to be able to, you know, yeah. do that.
6: I like that. Well. Those two ideas, we'll we'll work on them, and then I'll maybe call you back in a month.
1: Mike. That sounds great. (laughs) Thanks for your call today. Uh, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie. And don't forget, if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, that Dr. Debbie has written a Kindle book just for you, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. And You can get them over at Amazon. We have links at AnimalRadio.com. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Pet Playgrounds. Pet Playgrounds makes physical, non electric, do it yourself dog fence kits, not electric fences. And they offer professional installation services nationwide. Their website's petplaygrounds.com. Thank you, Pet Playgrounds, for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866 405 8405.
7: Does your dog
3: keep running out of your yard? Have an invisible fence that just doesn't work? You need a Pet Playgrounds dog fence. It's a physical fence that can be assembled by yourself or by one of our installers. The Dig Guard prevents dogs from digging under the fence. It's a strong yet flexible steel mesh system that moves. This stops dogs from climbing too. Thousands of customers have used a Pet Playgrounds dog fence. To keep their dogs safe over the past 10 years. Order your fence at petplaygrounds.com and use the coupon code ANIMALRADIO to save 10% on any order that's 200 feet or more. Visit
7: petplaygrounds.com and get your dog fence in 10 days or less.
8: Ship it to your door in 10 days or less.
3: Visit PetPlaygrounds.com
9: and get your dog fence in 10 days or less. I'm Ashley Mingwasser, and this is my best pal, Rosie. (laughs) We're your hosts on Pets Welcome Here, the TV special about amazing adventures you can share with your pets. Look for Pets Welcome Here on your local network affiliate, or go to PetsWelcomeHere.tv and check our schedule to see when we'll be on in your area. That's PetsWelcomeHere.tv. Check our schedule, then join Rosie and me on our adventures on Pets Welcome Here.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
1: It's Animal Radio. And you know, I can tell where Judy is. All I have to do is find Ladybug, and Judy is pretty near, (laughs) nearby because ladybug follows you she she gazes at you she watches every move you make she, every move she knows when she's going for a W-A-L-K before you even know that
2: yes she does
1: and she probably could even spell now too so that's <laughs> i noticed she popped her head up there when i mentioned that
2: you got to be careful yes
1: would you say she's in tune with your feelings, your moods?
2: Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because I, I do kind of like a little test with her. And, you know, she'll just be laying there. And I'll just get up and get real excited all of a sudden. And so will she. And she For no has reason. no clue why. I mean, there is no reason. But if I'm happy, she's happy. Yeah. And if I sit down and just kind of, you know, sulk and just sit there, then she kind of gets up and sits next to me and just looks at me.
1: Well, you know, there's new research to back that all up that says really your dog may actually kind of uh, represent your personality and your behavior. Is that a good thing? I don't know. If, I Depends would on your behavior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Dr. Debbie hit it right on the nose there. Coming up on today's show in just a few minutes, Dr. Nicholas Dodman, our good friend, will be joining us from the uh, Canine uh, Behavior. What is it? Canine
2: As, Center for... for
1: Behavior Sciences, I believe. CCBS, I know that. Yeah. He's just uncovered research saying that there's a match between the personalities of you and your animal so think about that for a couple of minutes and then join us back here in a few minutes to hear what dr nicholas dodman has to say on the subject before that we're going to check our news with lori brooks what are you working on for this hour
3: i, I may have to put my notice in how because i found a new company i want to work for oh no yeah <laughs> they give you Three paid days off if you get a new puppy or kitten because they are so understanding of how much nurturing these little critters need. I'm seeing that all over
1: now. Companies yeah. are really starting to cater to employees that have pets. What if you foster? Mm-hmm.
2: You'd never go to work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, fortunately, we get to bring our pets to work with yes, us. Yes, we do. And that's, yeah. we're blessed. And hopefully, you get to bring your pets to work with you, too. And if not, quit your job. Find a job where you can do that. That's just a little free advice from the old Halmeister here at Animal Radio. Let's go to line three. Hey, John. How are you doing?
4: Hi. Hi. This is John.
1: Uh, where are you calling from, John?
4: Antelope, California.
1: Okay. Well, let's hook you up here with the doc. Is that what you oh, need? Hi
4: there. Hi.
5: So what do you got going on?
4: Oh, I got a little puppy. six months old. and She's a miniature poodle, and she's sweet as can be. We're worried about freezing her ice cream. We don't know anything about that sort of thing.
5: Okay. You're, you're worried about it? Is she currently eating ice cream?
4: Yeah, we feed her a dog once in a while. Vanilla.
5: Okay. So you're looking to ask me for permission to give your dog ice cream, is that right? Will it hurt her? Well, it depends. Um, there are certainly dogs that are, have very sensitive stomachs, and veering from their uh, regular diet can upset their system. The interesting thing that people need to recognize is that dogs and cats, a good majority of them, are actually lactose intolerant. Um, so... That's something to think about when we start offering them different um, dairy products, that that can cause some dietary upset. And it may not be a life-threatening illness, but, you know, we might talk about excess gas, soft stools, maybe some vomiting. Um, as a child, I can tell you my dog, uh, he definitely dined on uh, cleaning the uh, ice cream bowl. So a little bit probably is not going to be a big deal. But in general, there's a lot of fat in ice cream and calories that we really just don't need to do. So... I, I'm not going to give you that clearance to say it's okay to give ice cream. It would just be something I would try to discourage.
4: Okay, thank like you, that, Deb. Yeah. One last, last okay. questions. I just got told yesterday that it's dangerous to feed a uh, dog grapes. Grapes.
5: Yes, that's actually true. Um, grapes and raisins have the potential to cause kidney failure in dogs. And it's very true. And and that's another thing where people will say, I've done it before, and my dog is perfectly fine. It's something they're looking at. They don't know really what the toxic principle is, but it can happen. So do not feed grapes or raisins to your dogs. Thank
4: you, Debbie. And what about chocolate?
5: Chocolate. Oh, that's another one. Chocolate's a no-no. And um, small amounts aren't likely to be toxic, but you can certainly get a taste. They'll develop a taste for chocolate. And my own dear Labrador had ingested several pounds of chocolate items and had the world's worst chocolate toxicity. He had heart arrhythmias, uh, vomiting. It, it was a really bad state. So it can be toxic in large amounts. So um, I don't like to do it at all. Uh,
4: okay, We don't do that. We just figure it
5: out. Yeah. And there's so many you know, fun, kind of healthy dog treats out there that can be flavored like chocolate, but they really don't contain chocolate. So if you feel the urge to give something like that, you can always reach to the to the pet store to find something.
1: I, Thank you, Debbie. I remember the uh, the uh, peanut butter that wasn't really peanut butter. It's dog peanut butter. Dog butter is what they call it from yeah. Dog for Dog, which is yes, much better.
2: Formulated and healthier for dogs.
1: Good for them. So you might check that out. We have a list over at the uh, website at animalradio.com of foods oh, okay. you should not feed your dog, which uh, <laughs> includes, do of course, grapes and raisins. Thank you for calling. What station do you normally listen on? Uh... uh serious XM. On XM, very good. Thank you for listening, John. I appreciate your call today.
4: Thank you. I enjoyed it
1: very much. Thank you very much. one 405 8405 This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Brilliant Pad. Proud to support the animal shelter and rescue community. The Brilliant Pad Shelter Program donates products for fundraisers and for use by shelters and foster families. In fact, adopting families can get a free Brilliant Pad system. Their website's brilliantpad.com slash shelters. Thank you, Brilliant Pad, for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Yeah, hold on one second. I'm just going to pull over
10: so you don't hear the buzzing in the thing. Have you been driving? Yeah, yeah. We're in Vermont, and I could lose you at any moment, but what is it you want me to say?
1: Wendy Malick, Animal Radio, spay and neuter. So, uh, hi, this is Wendy Malick, okay. listening to Animal Okay, Radio.
10: I got it, okay. Hi, this is Wendy Malick on the Animal Network, and don't forget to spay and neuter. Animal Radio. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hi, this is Wendy Malick on Animal Radio. And do not forget,
11: spay and neuter.
7: When Helen Brown ran away to New York City, she had no idea that a homeless cat with a punk rock haircut would teach her the true meaning of love. In the tradition of her best-selling memoir, Cleo, Helen Brown's Bono, the amazing story of a Rescue cat who inspired a community, is a heartwarming true story about a woman without an anchor and a homeless cat without much hope of finding a forever home in the city that never sleeps. Bono by Helen Brown is on sale now everywhere books are sold. Learn more at HelenBrown.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update.
3: I'm Lori Brooks. Delta has added its name to the growing list of airlines that have unveiled new, much stricter policies about animals on airplanes. Delta says its new rules are driven by safety considerations and intended to ensure this should be fun, that service or emotional support animals are only traveling with passengers who truly have disabilities. So last week, Delta also announced it will be prohibiting all pit bull type dogs as service or support animals due to safety concerns following recent incidents in which several employees were bitten. And in that case, They were referring to an incident where two employees were bitten by a pit bull that was traveling as an emotional support animal. Now, of course, as you can imagine, that announcement was met with immediate backlash, and rightly so. And it came even from some service dog organizations who said they believe the Delta ban is not legal under federal laws. So furthermore, the Department of Transportation has also cast doubt on the legality of the policy, saying a limitation based exclusively on breed of the service animal is not allowed under the Department's Air Carrier Access Act. So now whether an airline breed band would hold up in court, it's never been uh, tested. But cases involving other federal disability laws have been and the courts have sided with owners of pit bulls in that case. However, it is the Justice Department that enforces the ADA, and the Justice Department has said breed-specific bans do not apply to service animals of those breeds. But to make this even more complicated, remember, airlines are subject to the Air Carrier Access Act, and when it comes down to previous court cases, it's... The ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, that has triumphed over other regulations. As they should. Yes. So meanwhile, as people are fighting about whether you can have this animal or that animal here or there, a town in Connecticut has uh, changed one of its local ordinances after a woman there fought to keep her pet geese. So the city will now allow the birds to stay in her backyard, and she gets to keep her flock. She won that case, by the way. This is some advice by providing her vet records to the court, proving that those geese are her pets. However, uh, roosters and other species of birds are still not going to be allowed in the city, only geese. And there's a Norwegian pet supply company that is making headlines with a new policy, getting a lot of attention because it's giving its employees paid time off to bond with their new pets. Oh. The name of this company, yeah, it's the Musty Group or Musti. It's the largest pet supply company in all of the Nordic countries. They've got more than 1,500 employees, so it's pretty sizable. But they recently began offering paternity leave. Instead of P A T E, you know, P-A-W, <laughs> Eternity leave, And it consists of three paid days off when an employee gets a new puppy or kitten. Here, here. Yeah. How amazing is that? I think it's awesome. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com.
7: This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. And you brought an article in to me talking about how your pet may reflect your personality. So that if you're, you know, if you're like a psycho, your dog might be psycho.
3: Yes. Really, do you think people go, oh, I'm a psycho? So we, we need to help those people who are psycho maybe know that they're psycho. Well, you
1: know, when I use the word psycho, I mean just like like me a little bit, a little bit antsy, a little Anty, bit nervous. anxious and yeah. ner- nervous. My cat is very much the same way. Just paces. Just paces around. Yeah. We're both on Prozac. I just have a
8: little <laughs> You guys are dose. funny. Yes.
5: You guys are funny because I see this actually quite a bit where people will come in and you know, I see their demeanor and how they are and their pets can be just like them as far as, you know, if they're kind of high strung or they can't sit still. So I, I'm really curious to hear what the doc has to say. Yeah, yeah. I want to know,
2: <laughs> is the animal, is it just happen to be a coincidence or is the animal just a reflection of us?
1: Well, let's find out right now. There's been some research done on the subject and of course our good friend, Dr. Nicholas Dodman joining us us to explain it all. Hi, Doc. How are you doing?
12: Hey, I'm good. Thank you.
1: What is the research that to what, to what you refer to in your articles about personality reflecting humans?
12: Uh, one of the things I'm doing in my emeritus years, uh, having left Tufts, is I'm working with a group called the Center for Canine Behavior Studies, which any of your listeners can um, reach by putting in drdodman.org. And they would find out on their website more details that I can um, share in a couple of minutes. But our inaugural study, um, which took place over about two years, it was very um, you know, labor-intensive, uh, involved over 1,500 people. And they filled in questionnaires you know, with their full consent and uh, knowledge about their own personality as well as their dog's behavior. And the idea was to find out what... The impact was of a person's personality. Uh, long and short of it is, there was an effect of personality on dog behavior. So, I guess to keep it very short, um, using a, um, a psychological um, inventory called the 10 item personality inventory, otherwise known as tippy, um, which measures really what are called the big five personality traits, which are specifically extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, emotional stability, and openness to new ideas. Um, people who scored low in these traits, like for example, if a person was you know, not so much extroverted, but more in the introverted direction, a person who was not so much agreeable as less agreeable and, less conscientious or less emotionally stable those people tended to have more behavior issues there was a definite link or put it the other way people who were uh, you know emotionally more robust who were sort of extroverted agreeable hail fellow well met conscientious and stable um, those people had not only fewer behavior problems they had a positive effect of sort of suppressing those problems but it was a super interesting finding, and it was published in the People's Library of Science. Um, but the fact is that we were thinking, well, it's all very nice to have found this, but you know, how could it be um, put to some practical purpose? And we became aware of the existence of a group called How I Met My Dog, which, put simply, is a, a potential owner and new adoptive dog, Match.com. So matching the dog's personality um, measured through their algorithm um, with help from us, um, with the person's personality. The, the How I Met My Dog already had a really super algorithm going, but to add this science to it to make it even more spectacular, we were thrilled to find a practical application and you know, something that people could actually use to find the ideal match for a, a dog they were you know, potentially going to adopt.
2: So a person that's nervous and not agreeable and doesn't get along is is an introvert. There's a dog for that. Would you want to put them with the dog? Wouldn't it bring out bad behavior in that dog?
12: Um, well, not so much because, you know, it could well be that through the match that you might find a dog who was, you know, themselves, you know, more introverted and quiet and sort of You could actually find a a combination that would work. So I guess I would say there's really a a dog for every purpose under heaven, uh, a dog for every owner under heaven.
1: I would think that uh, you would want to match up somebody who's an introvert, who's a couch potato that needs to get some exercise with a dog that would get them out to meet people. And and might be actually the opposite as far as uh, intellect and behavior.
12: Yeah, that certainly is true. Um, you know, it's not necessarily so that you have to match uh, an introvert with an introvert. And of course, there are many more factors come in the match. I mean, some elementary things like you know, people um, unfortunately tend to um, buy dogs just basically by their appearance and beauty, as they say, is only fur deep. So you know, they don't consider. You know, the the full impact of what they're doing at the beginning, uh, which leads to surrender. So the algorithm, uh, you know, the, the questionnaire that uh, matches them is designed to do things like, you know, you see a cute St. Bernard pup, but actually you're not the kind of person who's equipped to deal with a dog that's going to grow up to be the size of a small horse, you know, in your small house or a dog that needs a lot of grooming or a dog that's a super high energy dog. Who might be better matched with a person who's, you know, fond of, uh, you know, hiking and going out and sporting activities? So you know, there's more than just our, our findings at CCBS, um, Santa Fe Canine Behaviour Studies. Um, there's there's more than that. It's a, you know, a complicated process of finding what will work for an individual. And you're right. Um, you know, it may be that a person, you know, admits that they're looking for quiet company or um, an introvert who really would like to be a little bit more outgoing. And we can use the findings in the How I Met My Dog algorithm along with the you know our findings to find the perfect match.
1: Dr. Dodman, thanks so much for spending time with us. How I Met My Dog.com, and, of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.pet.
0: Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagging tail, and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com.
13: Here is today's automotive news. I'm Nick Miles. The 2019 Acura RDX is set to arrive in showrooms this summer, and it has undergone a revolutionary change. The RDX has been redesigned after the Acura supercar, the NSX, and it has a turbo to boost the car's performance. Starting under $38,000, the RDX can get up to 28 miles a gallon on the highway and has a redesigned superhandling all-wheel drive system that allows drivers to avoid imperfect road condition problems when driving. For the best deals on cars, go to OurAutoExpert.com.
0: Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices. Every day.
1: It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. I generally think I have a pretty good job, but today <laughs> I'm not the one with a great job. It's Ashley Mingwasser. She's joining us. She's the host of Pets Welcome Here TV. She gets to travel around, try all the great pet-friendly accommodations while uh, showing them off to people who want to see it. Hi, Hi, Ashley. How are you?
9: Hi, Hal. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today.
1: So tell us a little bit about Pets Welcome Here.
9: Sure. So, Pets Welcome Here is a half-hour television special that will be broadcasting across the country uh, July through September this summer. And the premise is we just go to destinations that are pet-friendly. So, we're not talking pet-tolerant. We're talking the stops that uh, roll out the red carpet for you and your pet to vacation there.
1: I love that. So, these are the places, not that just accept pets, but actually want you to bring your pets.
9: Exactly. They are catering to pets. So we go to restaurants where not only are your pets allowed, they have all-natural treats and fresh freshwater dog bowls for animals and hotels that furnish pet beds and homemade treats that they make in the hotel for your pet when you travel. So you'll get to see a lot of cool tricks that we've got up our furry sleeves on this show.
2: You keep saying we. Who's your sidekick on all of this?
9: Well, and she's actually here with me, Judy. I've got my four-legged furry better half Rosie. This is my five-and-a-half-year-old basset hound who uh, went with me to several of the destinations. And uh, it was a special adventure for the both of us, I guess I should say.
1: Who helps you make this ball possible? I mean, it's got to be you got to have people that are helping you with this, right?
9: We definitely do. So this is this is the brainchild of our brilliant show creator Heather Eisenstadt, who just kind of became a resource for her friends and family who were asking, "Where can I take my pet?" because are we're, we're pet people. We don't want to leave our pets when we go on vacation. And one of our show sponsors is a uh, top dog pet travel. So they are a full-service travel agency for pet-friendly vacations, and we also really need to thank Charlie Bear. Uh, They they create these amazing grain-free, and they call them pocket-perfect treats, and they were great training treats and just reward treats for me to have with Rosie. Sometimes when you you cross paths with other pets when you're out on a hike you need a little distraction so charlie bear bear crunch uh, made that possible and let me say their treats hal are less than three calories per treat so oh. i was easy az- <laughs> yeah right uh-huh. so i was uh i was able to treat rosie often with the grain-free locale treat no shame right no you know,
8: shame.
1: those
2: are great treats a lot of my pet clients have those treats for their dogs i carry those in my pocket all the time it's
1: making me hungry folks <laughs> what's the uh, website where people can learn more
9: Sure. We want them to go visit petswelcomehere.tv. So uh, your listeners can find the air date and time for the network affiliate that might be broadcasting in their city. And we'll be posting those as we get updated over the next coming weeks. So we're going to start premiering uh, in cities across the country this July. So I would check petswelcomehere.tv and we have our air dates uh, in a tab there. So go check it out
1: pets welcome here, dot tv and of course links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animal radio ashley thanks so much for doing this and have so much fun on the road
9: thanks you guys we'll see you on the open road rosie waves bye with her paw
1: <laughs> muriel welcome to the show yes. welcome to the Thank show you. where are you calling from today uh ridgeway ridgeway where is that
10: it's like by st mary's what state Northwestern,
1: PA. Oh, PA. Okay. All right. Okay. So what, I have Dr. Debbie right here. How can she help you?
10: Hi. Um, hi. Hi, Mom. I actually wanted me to call. Hey. Because, well, we have, like, five horses, and three of them are wild mustangs. Okay. And she wanted me to call and ask if a six-year-old wild mustang is too old to be gilded.
5: Is the is the horse in in good health? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. He's he's perfectly fine for um, being gelded or what we'd call castration. Um, okay. And, and in fact, there's really not an age where it's inappropriate, or we'd say uh, a horse is too old to be gelded. It's it's really kind of more dependent on their individual health status. Um, okay. So um, so that would that would be really what I would use to guide give you that guideline. So yeah, and uh, you know honestly, you know here in Las Vegas, I don't see too many horses in my field, but but yeah, that's that's a definitely a um, uh, you know important thing for a lot of these guys. Is, is he pretty? Um, you say you have a, a couple stallions. So are you actually um, working with them, or are you just kind of uh, training them?
10: Yeah, we're working with them. We have. Well,
5: Tell her
10: or whoever it is. That I'm Hang on. Get a, a... You're getting another one. <laughs> oh, I'm just looking.
5: <laughs> another horse to the family. Oh, we just heard it. <laughs> wow.
10: Yeah, I guess uh, she. Well, she was looking at one that was what, like six. Oh, he has six, and she was wondering if. Fresh Ooh, fresh off the range.
5: <laughs> <laughs> kind of like hot off the presses. Wow. You, you don't sound right? too
1: excited about this.
5: Um, Guess who's like, going to be cleaning the stalls, huh? Uh, <laughs> well, like, I love our horses,
10: but it's not really my thing.
1: Ah, uh, not your thing.
10: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh. like, I love the horses we have, but, like, I'm not like, oh, Yay.
1: Yeah. Are no. you a dog person or a cat person?
10: More of like a dog person, I
5: guess you could say. Yeah? Yeah.
1: You got what? that going for you there.
5: There you go, yeah. Well, and that's the great thing. There's, you know, there's something for everyone in the animal world. You could be a cat lover, a dog lover, someone who loves horses, um, you know, or hey, in my area, we see birds, we see reptiles. So there's there's a bond you can have with any animal. And uh, so, you know, thank you for your call, Muriel, because, you know, Responsible pet ownership is always important, whether it's a dog, cat, or horse. Have a great day. This is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio, one 405 8405
1: Well, this scrumptious helping of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Their website's redbarninc.com. And thank you, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show.
0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani, and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: Oh, we love our pets, so much so that the pet sector is upwards of $70 billion a year. That includes uh, pet food and pet care, all the new things, the new gadgets and the gizmos that are taking up shelf space at the pet stores. The GPS finders, the cameras, all of that stuff. We're going crazy about our pets. So it's no surprise to me that Julie Baker, who makes clothes for chickens, has earned fifty thousand dollars a year doing so. Making just making chicken clothes.
5: <laughs> I have a lot of clients that will really be all over that. Really? You think so? Oh yes. I have I have a client that comes in with um, a new outfit on her guinea pig every time she comes in. <laughs> Um, I've had clients I love with it. bearded dragons that have little clothing items in a harness that they wear. Really? So, yeah. There are people out there that will do it, and it's so darn cute. You might start to like it.
1: Well, we're going to find out what it's all about, and we're also going to find out what the chicken thinks, at least what Julie thinks the chicken thinks about the uh, tutus, chicken tutus. Oh, you got to see this picture. It is so cute. Oh, you can't see that? He- head over to our website. It's animalradio.pet. We have a picture right there on the front page of some chicken dresses. Just saying. I'll wait. Oh, you can do it after the show. Let's just go to the phones now. Which one, Judy? They're all ringing.
2: I want to go to line four.
1: What made you pick that one? Just Was it random?
2: No, because I've been sitting here watching it, and it's been bleaking the longest. So I oh, think we should go to so the first. So sorry. So sorry
1: for the wait. She's practical like that. Well, hello, Anthony. How you doing?
6: I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Orange County, California.
1: Listening on coast, I assume? Yes. So what's going on? I have the whole team here for you.
6: Well, what's going on is, uh, yesterday when I was listening to the radio show, it seems to be a fleet epidemic, if I said it right, going around. I mean, it's really, really bad. It is bad, yeah. And so my question is, uh, when I heard uh, the gentleman talk about that you can use DAWN, to get rid of the fleas to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. My question is, is can you use Dawn on your animal like every day? I mean, I'm not saying like every day, but uh, okay. with my dog, I have a Chihuahua and I have a Pomeranian. And the Pomeranian has some health issues, but I'm trying to get through that. And I give them the pill, of course, and the fleas come back again. Mm-hmm. So that is my question about using Dawn. Can I use it? That's okay, uh, a great question. Like,
5: Yeah, so the reason Dawn works to help kill fleas, it's nothing magical about that ingredient. So, oh, my God, I'm saying it. There's nothing magical about it. It's a shampoo and a detergent. So we're basically drowning the fleas. So if I pick out a couple other non-toxic shampoos, they're going to have the same effect. What Dawn and other detergents do is basically just drown these fleas. So they're only um, killing the fleas that are on the pet at that moment, and they don't have any residual activity after you're done with the bath. So... So the question is, um, how often can you use it? Well, mm-hmm. Dawn, it's a degreaser, so excessive use or too frequent can really cause dryness of um, the skin and dullness of the hair coat. So um, Joey might be able to tell you a little more about what his recommendation on frequency is, but I really would say sparingly. It's not something that I would do daily. That is too right. often to be bathing a pet. Uh, right. Now, right. flea combing you certainly can do every day, but there's no reason you would bathe your pet every day. Um, okay. so now, I would say you're going to want to use other types of flea control in conjunction with that. And what's the, what's the oral product you're using, like a quick kill, like a cap star or something like that?
6: Well, what, I, what my wife is using right now, and this is another question I'm going to ask you is, is called natural care flea okay. and tick spray. And she uses that on the dogs every day. So my question is, will that turn out to be a, like a respiratory problem or something? Because, you know, I did Google and it just says, you know, but it doesn't mention if you can use it every day. She does it to try to make the animals feel comfortable because, I said, I have a nine-year-old Pomeranian and a four-year-old Chihuahua. And if these things are bothering me, I wouldn't want to play it my little Chihuahua Who used to play. He doesn't want to mm-hmm. play anymore. And yeah. so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a downer. So these are the questions okay. that I'm just concerned about her using that spray on them every day to make them at least comfortable to try to sleep at night.
5: Yeah, and I probably would not recommend using that every day. And um, if it's what I think it is, um, a lot of the natural sprays in place of using um, an EPA-approved uh, insecticide or pesticide, they're actually using different types of essential oils. Uh-huh. And essential oils, um, they're natural ingredients from plant extracts, but they are basically are chemicals still. You know, they're hydrocarbons, oh. and um, cats particularly can be very sensitive to essential oils unless they're diluted to an appropriate amount. Uh So dogs have been also known to have toxicities from essential oils. So the problem is, you know, this is the kind of in that gray zone where it's not well-regulated. So how much is too much? I can't tell you, but I can right. tell you if you're using it daily, that to me sounds excessive. Um, and I would um, be more judicious about using that less frequently on the pets. Now in the environment might be a totally different thing, but directly on their hair coat would have me concerned at that frequency because some of the essential oils, yeah, you mentioned the respiratory component. There can be cause um, the respiratory sensitivities. Right. Some dogs actually can have allergies to the actual oils kind of like the <clears throat> fragrance um can actually cause them to be itchy scratchy as well and then i in rare cases um when an animal i've seen get into large amounts of um undiluted essential oils i've seen um, liver disease um so it can cause some, some problems so um well, have I, that I would that, say yeah. A little bit is good, but, um, you know, I I would say we may need to find other avenues to try to help them. If they're that uncomfortable with the itching of the fleas, um, then I would, you know, see your veterinarian because there are some other products that we can use to help control the itch related to flea allergy dermatitis if it's if that's all that they got going on and that might be something like a pill that we can use for short term while you kind of boost up your efforts on the flea control um Mm -hmm. or something more long term if you're in a real hot bed of fleas and we're expecting it's a long haul for you this year (laughs) you
1: also got to remember your house too. make sure you're taking care of your house how long do those fleas last or live when just in the carpet
5: Yes, they can live for very uh long uh, long periods of time because they actually have a uh, pupil stage which can kind of just sit there for quite some time. Um, wow. Most commonly, the egg, when it's laid, um, it takes about three weeks to develop into a flea. But yeah, it, they can hang out and just wait for the right environment.
6: So. Mm. Oh, gee, that's. <laughs> that is not I know it's I'm not encouraging, is it, Anthony? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, I mean, I made the mistake of my uh, with my Pomeranian, um, you know, giving him a lion cut because he always felt good about that when it comes around the summertime. You know, mm-hmm. cutting his coat, you know, getting you know, it cut down. But now it's to the fact where his hair doesn't grow back anymore. I mean, yes. he's, in the he's almost 10 years old. And so yeah. I Google it, and of course, I ruined his coat. So I really felt bad about that. But every time when the fleas are bothering him, when they're constantly biting him, mm-hmm. I see little red spots everywhere, like little blood spots where there. you know, and I just yeah. feel really, really bad about it. So I, I just wanted to find out some other avenues about that.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. definitely. We, you brought up some great points there, as far as like with the shaving and all of that. While it may be good for the fleas and trying to control hot spots, it, it does sometimes cause a, a stunting of that hair regrowth. So.
6: Yes, uh, it definitely did that. I did it the first time. And he was comfortable with it. When I did it the second time, and then his hair is not growing. Back. This is a while back. So if I finally Googled it and showed up and said you could wear yeah. the coat. Yeah, the and the other
5: thing, I mean, kind of this is changing subjects a bit, but when I have a pet that's hair is not regrowing well, and especially if we have uh, skin issues on top of that, I like to evaluate their thyroid level as well because uh, underactive thyroid will also cause a lack of hair regrowing after it's been shaved and can also make their skin a little bit less protective against some of the effects of allergies, itching, and they tend to be more dry. So that oh, might be something yeah. to, to raise with your vet as well.
6: Oh, he has thyroid issues. We we got him he on that. He does. Issues. All right. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thyroid issue that they had kidney stone, so you know, he, he ain't taking it there. He's almost taking it. Poor dear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, well good okay, well, luck with everything there, Anthony,
5: and uh you, you're taking Daddy. good care of those babies there.
6: Yes, I will. Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: Toll free one eight six six four oh five eight four oh five to reach out to the Dream Team or ask your questions from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Helen Brown. In the tradition of her best selling memoir, Cleo, Helen Brown's Bono, the amazing story of a rescue cat who inspired a community, is a heartwarming, true story about a cat who just wanted a home and someone to love. Her website's helenbrown.com. And thank you, Helen Brown, for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1 866
14: 405 8405. It's Alan Cable with another dog tip. But first, the story of Bear. Mom is furiously looking for 14-month-old Stanley.
10: And when she found him, he appeared to be floating in the
3: pool, but he was actually on the back of their family dog, Bear.
7: Bear kept very still to make sure Stanley did not go under.
3: Wow.
14: Now let's talk about leash training your dog. First, put your dog in his kennel for about 20 minutes. When you take him out, be calm and don't talk to him. And what you're going to be doing is either going to the park or into your backyard you're going to be walking a perfect square with a 16 foot leash attached to a choker chain you can put two leashes together or use a rope you're going to hold the leash close to your body chest level with both hands and just stand at the corner of the square pay no attention to your dog don't talk to him don't look at him either just look to the next corner of the square the one you're going to be walking to about 60 to 90 feet away your dog will probably be paying no attention to you Then just start walking to the next corner of the square. Your dog's going to get a major correction. When you get to the next corner of the square, face the third corner and stand there for 60 to 90 seconds before you take off again. Do this for about 15 to 20 minutes, and you're going to notice by the end of the session, your dog's paying much better attention to where you are. He knows when you take off, he gets a correction. You can do this three times a week every other day. By the second or third session, your dog's going to be much closer to you, paying way better attention. Do it for a week or two, and then you're going to move to a six-foot leash. Now when you take off to the different corners of the square, you're going to use the word heel. Do that for a week or two. Then reel the leash in so that the dog is right next to you. Use the word heel, start walking, and then do a 360 and move quickly the other way, just to keep your dog on his toes. Then after that, you'll want to use other dogs for distractions, walking towards them, turning the opposite way, saying heel, and taking off quickly. If your dog's not paying attention, he's going to get that correction again. After you're done, put your dog back in his kennel for 15 to 20 minutes so it sinks in. And before you start, wait till your dog's at least six months old. This is Animal Radio.
2: Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is, leave no dog behind. And they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure.
9: Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Pets Welcome Here. I'm Ashley Mingwasser, and this is my pal Rosie from Pets Welcome Here, the TV special about amazing adventures you can share with your pets. Find Pets Welcome Here on your local network affiliate or PetsWelcomeHere.tv. And check our schedule to see when we're on in your area.
13: Here is today's automotive news. I'm Nick Miles. The initial reactions are in, and the press says it's an overwhelming win for Jaguar. The new iPace all electric SUV is set to become the number one premium electric SUV beating out Tesla because it does 240 miles on a single charge and offers off road capability. I drove the iPace on track in Portugal and was astonished at how it handles on the track over 200 kilometers an hour. The iPace is so capable, I had no problem driving down a riverbed in 10 inches of water. For the best deals on cars, go to ourautoexpert.com.
0: Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all of your car needs. We're close, convenient, and known for our guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or
1: download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Okay, I'm ready for some mad capped mischief. Tonight, very late tonight, I'm gonna go over to my next door neighbor's chickens with Uh some of these clothes that Uh Julie Baker made. Uh huh. And I'm gonna put them on the chicken.
5: You're not gonna tell me. I wanna see you catch them.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna
2: you know, they're they're actually pretty tame. Do you
1: think they would let me put clothes on them?
2: I don't know, but you know, they follow us around. We go over there and they you know, they go in their little cage thing at night and they're they're very social.
1: Huh. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it a shot tonight, and then tomorrow morning, to see if the neighbors notice that their chickens are <laughs> dressed up. Where did I get these chicken clothing <laughs> items from? From Julie Baker. Julie Baker is a, uh, a chicken dressmaker. <laughs> Julie Baker's a chicken <laughs> dressmaker. I'm a poet. Didn't know it. My feet are Longfellow. They don't show it. So she's going to be on in just a few minutes. She's going to tell us about the chicken dressmaking business and how to dress a chicken
2: okay because i wouldn't know how to dress a chicken
1: <laughs> the show only gets crazier year after year folks
2: but i guess you dress it up depending upon the occasion
1: <laughs> sure of course you yeah. wouldn't want to dress a, a thanksgiving sweater on a chicken when it's you know in the middle of the july 4th or something of course like that. that not. would be crazy yeah that would be just really nuts
3: that would be wrong That thought of a Thanksgiving chicken sweater, that could have gone really wrong.
1: Lori, we are just about a mere 10 minutes away from uh, your news check. And then the chicken lady. What are you working on for the news this hour?
3: Uh, Something really light. Between now and the chicken lady, give a thought to what is your most favorite ever on-screen pet? You know, TV or movies, think that way. And then uh, we'll come back, and uh, when I have the news coming up here in a few, we will give you the list, the top ten, according to a new survey.
1: Hmm. Beautiful. Hey, Brenda, welcome to the show. Thank you. What's going on? I have Dr. Debbie right here.
11: Hi. I have, I think they're stray cats that's coming around, and they're uh, urinating on my basement windows, and I don't know how to
5: stop them. Okay. And um, is it... Do you have kitties that go outside, or...? I have uh, two female cats
11: that's been uh, fixed, and they are outdoor cats.
5: They are outdoors? Yes. Okay. So do you know if it's
7: your cats
11: doing this, or other cats? I think it's other cats. I've never seen mine do that. I've always seen mine go out and dig a hole and go to the bathroom.
5: Hmm. Okay, because that I guess it doesn't matter who's doing it. If there's cats outdoors and there's that access point, they're going to get over there and and do what they do. Um, your question is how you you want to stop that on your particularly on your windowsills. Yeah. So um, the trick is we have to make that environment so it's unfavorable to kitties um, in a kind and humane way. (laughs) So I'm a real fan of using the things that are uh, kind of don't take human intervention. You know, uh, people who yell and scream, hey, get off my lawn. You know, that's not going to help. I'm a fan of using the uh, motion-activated repellents. There's a whole bunch of different kinds out there, little cans of the compressed air, um, where basically it has a little eye where there's motion once that's set off on the um, detector on the detector, it gives off a burst of air, kind of like you're cleaning your computer keyboard. And that's a very useful thing for just a situation, just for a spot that we want to keep a cat or you know, maybe even a dog out of that area. Um, so that would be something I could I would look at. And you can buy those online or pet stores. Um, there's oodles of different ones out there. Um, a couple other thoughts for deterring cats in areas we don't want them to go. One would be to get um, some good old Citrus peels, lemons, oranges. I'm a fan of the lemons because they're very potent. (laughs) And you basically kind of put those in that vicinity. And and generally, citrus is not appealing to cats. They don't really dig it. They don't like it. That's why you should never use citrus-scented cleaners in the litter pan. Um, But those little uh, citrus peels will go a long way to keep those kitties away. And then, you know, I've had some folks where they even will try... um, these are more the um, kind of the hunting folks that do this, but they may get things like mountain lion urine that you can buy over at the hunting store, and um, kind of treat those areas and see if that will help keep those little cats away uh, when they pick up the odor. Of course, then you still got the problem you got uh, urine odor, <laughs> so <laughs> I guess that would be one you'd have to consider cautiously. But um, but that is something you could try as well. Uh, I might yeah, and then you you know, you know, might really kind of watch if the incidence of this is in any way in relation to your kitties. So even if they're not doing it, those other cats in that process of your kitties going outside is kind of opening up the opportunity for those other cats to want to talk to them, if you will, and say, hey, I'm coming under your turf. Here's my name. Here's my number. Give me a call. Um, so you, that uh, lifestyle of having the outdoor cat might be making you a little bit more prone to having these visitors come around. So you might consider that.
11: Okay. Well, I may... Try all of them. <laughs> Let us know how that <laughs> goes. Work, I'll <laughs>
5: <laughs> Anything at this point, right? You know, <laughs> right. cat pee is potent stuff. I don't well, blame you I've there. Tried,
11: uh, uh, I've tried. a few things, and it doesn't. It works for the time being, but then after it evaporates, I like, I'm back where mm-hmm. one again.
8: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let yeah.
1: us know if these but ideas.
11: Tried the ammonia, you know, <laughs> for, to deter them on that, mm-hmm. and. Uh, mothballs. Like I said, yeah. every time it rains, they dissolve. So
5: Yeah, and I'm not a fan of the mothball thing. M- many of the old-style mothballs contain some bad chemicals that are mm. actually not good for animals, so we wouldn't want those around. So we'll give those a whirl, Carol, and hopefully that'll help you out and keep those kitties piddling elsewhere for you. <laughs> Thanks for your call. This is Dr. Debbie. We're here. one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405.
7: We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting CanineCaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. This is an Animal Radio News Update.
3: And I'm Lori Brooks. The Australian division of the global pet food company Mars Pet Care has been dealing with a really sad and quite difficult to understand mess involving one of its foods called Advanced Dermocare, which has been implicated in more than 100 Australian dogs being diagnosed with megasophagus. Now, because of all of this negative attention they've received, Mars has just recently become the very first major pet food company to support Australian pet food regulation after years of the industry down under, insisting they had no need for formal oversight, which is kind of scary, right? Because you think they had no oversight? Here in America, we at least have the FDA, but their $4 billion pet food industry in Australia is, at the time being, right now, self-regulated. So what is megaesophagus, sometimes referred to as Mega E? Dr. Devi is here. I'll let her explain it.
5: Yeah, well, megasophagus is a disorder in which uh, food and liquid doesn't get swallowed in a normal fashion. So normally it's a very involuntary process. They eat, it gets down to their belly and into their stomach. Megasophagus is where it kind of pools and just doesn't have the contraction and the movement to get the the different foods and liquids into the stomach. So it builds up, it could sit there. And um, they don't get the nutrition, so they can lose weight. Um, but they're also prone to, like, regurgitating a lot. And then they can have um, develop an, a pneumonia kind of from swallowing, you know, liquids and food down to the airway so it can be really a very serious life-threatening problem Um, it's sometimes there's an inherited form um, there's an acquired form we see a lot in german shepherds and then there can even be toxins that can like lead toxicity can sometimes cause uh, mega esophagus so this is a very interesting um, situation I, i think to see what the potential cause of this is
3: you know I'm so glad you said that Dr. Debbie, because I was I, I'm familiar with megaesophagus it's common in bulldogs, mm-hmm. but I couldn't imagine how what there could be in a dog food, but you said lead that's interesting.
5: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's certainly other substances, but that is one of the more common toxins that, you know, we can see mega esophagus with. Um, so if there's another compound that's similar to that or that can have some other kind of effect, um, I, I think it'll be v- very, it's very concerning because anytime this is a rare disease, you know, you, I'll see a mega esophagus case maybe once or twice a year. Um, it's not really something we see very commonly, um, unless they have, you know, a weirdo disease like, uh, myasthenia gravis. Um, so, um, Yeah, Mm. I'm pretty bothered by this. This is troubling. Mm.
3: Well, you know, at the University of Melbourne, researchers are still working on this there. They are, are, in fact, investigating whether or not there is evidence to definitively link this, to the dog food, advanced mm-hmm. dermal care. And by the way, it was uh, several of the affected dogs in the beginning were police dogs, and that was one of the things that really got the ball rolling on this case. But other owners of dogs affected have criticized Mars for recalling the product three months after it first learned of any potential problem. Yep. Hmm. All right, so what is your guess at America's most favorite ever on-screen pet? Oh, well, that from would TV have your movies. I'm
1: going to I'm going to guess Lassie. That's what I was going to say. Lassie. Gonna, Lassie. What about you, Dr. Lassie? Lassie. You? Yeah. I was going to mm-hmm. say
5: the little Jack Russell Terrier from um, Frazier. Frazier. Yeah. yeah.
1: Frazier.
3: Yeah. Oh, Eddie. Right. Yes. Wasn't his yes. name Eddie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. According to the results of a new survey, you guys were all wrong. Uh, <laughs> the title goes to Scooby Doo, uh, followed by. Let me give you the rest of the top ten here. Uh, number two was Snoopy. Now, Judy, you said Lassie. Lassie was number three. Toto from The Wizard of Oz, fourth. Garfield the Cat was at number five. And then the rest of the bottom half of the top ten, Beethoven. Then Tom of Tom and Jerry. Old Yeller. That one surprised me. Um, Lady from Lady and the Tramp. At number nine and number ten was Marley from the movie Marley and Me. What? No, Mr. Ed. Mr.
1: Ed wasn't in that list anywhere. Oh, oh my god!
3: No, yeah. they did a list of thirty, but I, I couldn't. I'd be sitting here till tomorrow reading you thirty <laughs> of these. But it was it, it was a good list. I was Old Yeller. I've never seen Old Yeller make the top ten list of of anything. Oh. Interesting. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been
7: an Animal
9: Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Pets Welcome Here. I'm Ashley Mingwasser, and this is my pal Rosie from Pets Welcome Here, the TV special about amazing adventures you can share with your pets. Find Pets Welcome Here on your local network affiliate or PetsWelcomeHere.tv and check our schedule to see when we're on in your area.
1: You're not a chicken keeper, are you, Lori?
3: No, but I, I wish I was. I've thought about it.
1: If you had chickens, would you dress them up?
3: Uh, at some point, I, I I can pretty much guarantee I would entertain the thought.
1: <laughs> you would? You had, I, I yeah. would. <laughs> okay.
3: I know I would. You, well, well, of course you would. Yeah, I, I don't have kids, and so these guys are literally my babies. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure I'd have a chicken in a tutu or something at some point. <laughs> Well, I
1: know exactly where you can get a chicken tutu if you're looking for one. Julie Baker is joining us. She's uh making clothes for chickens and she earns about 50k a year doing that. No way. She's founded Pampered Poultry. Hi Julie, how are you?
15: Hi, how are you?
1: Very good. What are you working on today?
15: Um, well, today we're shipping out a bunch of um orders for some feed stores in Pennsylvania and Ohio.
1: Who would have thought? Did you ever think that uh, creating chicken clothing, would, and in particular chicken diapers, would make a, a big business for
15: you? Never. How did Definitely it happen? It was not planned. It has been a series of just the universe saying it's the thing to do, I guess. <laughs> um, it, it, uh, it, it started out very innocently, and I was really just doing it to protect my own furniture. And, um, you know, then it was sort of family and friends who were on the show chicken circuit with us who, you know, I would sew for. And before I knew it, I was staying up late sewing chicken diapers and said, wow, we need a different solution. So
1: let me make sure that I'm following along here, okay? because I'm not the brightest tool in the shed. You have chickens, obviously, that are family pets and you allow them into the house because you were talking about the furniture, protecting the furniture. And in order to keep them from defecating on the furniture, you've created diapers. This is how the whole thing started. You created diapers for these chickens.
15: Correct. Actually, when we started probably eight or ten years ago, um, my daughter, who was homeschooled at the time, um, we didn't so much have chickens in the house as my daughter would bring the chickens into the house. (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh, (laughs) um, And um, she showed poultry at poultry events for um, several years and so there's a lot of sort of cleaning and grooming that goes into the birds before you bring them to a show and so after you do all that work it's kind of nice to keep them in that state so originally the primary market for the diapers was um, people who were sort of showing their chickens and not as much pet chickens but over the last five or six years there has just been at least we've experienced an explosion of people who sort of started out as maybe small backyard chicken people and chickens have sort of wiggled their way into the homes over those years and now a lot of people really are keeping them as you know sort of primarily pets and, and egg producers second
2: yeah
1: i see that a lot around here in fact the neighborhood that i live in uh, my next door neighbors have chickens yes and they they uh, provide a lot of eggs
2: for the neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> for,
1: yeah, for the whole neighborhood, pretty much. Uh, but they are they are part of the family for them.
2: Oh, definitely. So how do you put a diaper on a chicken? And wouldn't a chicken take yeah. it off?
15: Well, so it took a lot of trial and error to get a design that both would stay on the chicken and be comfortable enough for it to be able to sort of fly up to its perch and, um, you know, walk around and kind of do its little chicken thing without being too um, impeded by the diaper. Um, but basically, it ha- it, it has a, um, you know, a pouch that holds the poop, and then it has an apron that goes under its belly and then elastic straps that go over the wing and attach with a bow. So they can't really wiggle it off. And uh, we try to do it with a lightweight um, cotton so that it doesn't add a lot of extra weight to the chicken. And the pouch is a waterproof uh, nylon so that um, when they do, you know, sort of put a paper towel in there to make it easy to sort of change and clean out. But if it does leak through the paper towel, it doesn't leak through to the cotton and, and leak onto your floor or your furniture or your lap. Or <laughs> so, As someone who sews,
3: hanging. what kind of fabric are you using on these? I bet they're so cute. Like yeah. pink polka dots.
15: Oh, one of the things oh. when we first started the company was that we wanted to do fashionable attire. So, He said, you know, if you're going to be goofy enough to put a diaper on a chicken, (laughs) you might as well look good while you're doing it. (laughs) Sure. So we have all different kinds of fabrics. We um, always have um, anywhere from 6 to 12 patterns at any point in time, and they rotate pretty much monthly. Um, And sometimes they're fun and whimsical, like, you know, butterflies or ladybugs or bumblebees and Sometimes they're a little bit more high fashion and I'll do them in um, like a really nice ballet batik or um, some of my wholesale accounts prefer sort of the bright chevrons and and more of the geometric patterns. So we do them in a whole wide range of of styles.
1: of styles. We're going to take a quick break. We are with Julie Baker. She makes clothes for chickens. I have so many questions, including about the do-it-yourself sweaters for chickens that she makes and what to expect when you're diapering a chicken. That's all on the way right here on Animal Radio. Stick around.
8: (laughs) Only
7: here. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because Canine Caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with canine caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A Long Island dad is in the doghouse after stealing a tiny chihuahua
3: while on a daddy-daughter day excursion. Twenty-seven-year-old Nicholas Savoia started by taking his toddler daughter to Chuck E. Cheese and then had what he described as a lapse in judgment when he went across the street to a pet shop and shoplifted a chihuahua worth $1,600, hiding the little pooch behind his daughter's body. He then repented and returned the two-pound dog with an anonymous tip, which sparked the interest of families who all wanted to buy Georgie the little photogenic puppy. Savoya, who is now pleading not guilty, was tracked down by surveillance cameras and was charged with grand larceny. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too.
10: Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our chickens. On the phone with us is Julie Baker. She makes clothes for chickens, and she earns about fifty grand a year doing it. It must be big industry.
2: That's amazing.
1: And we talked a little bit about the clothes that she makes. And here I'll, I'll hold up a picture so you can see. You got to see these little things here. I'm holding it to the microphone. If you don't have one of those radios that. Uh, you can see this. Then head on over to the website at animalradio.pet, where we have pictures. And in just a couple of seconds, we'll find out her website. Julie, what is uh, what is this do-it-yourself kit you have? I'm kind of intrigued by this.
15: Um, are you talking about the, the sweaters? Yes. Yeah,
1: the yeah. sweaters for chickens.
15: <laughs> so I think the, the theory behind sweaters is that um, there's been a real surge in popularity with some of the real specialty breed birds. Um, and they're not as cold-hardy as we might like them. Um, and so I think that um, when temperatures are dipped, particularly in warmer climates like this winter, there was a lot of cold snaps in historically warmer places. Um, and, and birds like silkies, um, some of the naked neck birds, some of the showgirls don't necessarily have the same feather protection that the standard layers do, and so that sort of helps, um, helps them weather some of the weather i guess
1: so so it's a sweater to keep them warm and, and yeah pretty much and so is it you you say it's a do it yourself kit do you is it something that i could do
15: if you knit <laughs> if i knit
2: <laughs> you could take it up Hal, <laughs> and make chicken sweaters and make 50,000 a year
15: <laughs> what the, um, you know it's it's funny that the there is always a sort of a, a crossover between useful and sort of whimsical and fun And last year, we introduced the tutus, which I'm hard-pressed to come up with a useful purpose for that, other than it makes for (laughs) absolutely fabulous Instagram shoots. And I think that that's been part of the popularity of a lot of the dresses we've been selling over the last two years. The sales of dresses and tutus have just skyrocketed. And I think now that people are treating their chickens much more as pets, um, just like people love to dress their dogs up, people love to dress their chickens up. They're super cute. They run around, they do all kinds of cute things. You put it on your Facebook page or your Instagram feed or tweet out your bird riding on a John Deere tractor with your son, you know, mowing the lawn with a tutu on. You sure. Why not? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Especially if you can going to get your son wearing the tutu also, you know. Oh,
15: just... <laughs> hey, yeah, that would be a great one. But it is, it's a lot of fun. My customers send me pictures all the time, um, you know, of, what kind of crazy situation they've, they've put their birds in. I've gotten really cute pictures of, um, like, tea parties where, you know, the little girls all dressed up and sitting on the back of the chair is a chicken in a tutu. Um, or, like I said, I've gotten them on tractors. Um, I have had people send um, more portrait kind of pictures where they've had matching outfits for their kids, and they've gone and had the pictures taken with their favorite bird Oh. So, yeah, I think that more and more people are realizing that chickens have this amazing personality. And not every chicken, but there are chickens that you just super fall in love with.
1: So what can we expect when we're diapering a chicken? Uh, Will the chicken allow us to do this easily?
15: Not super easy. I would say it's never a chicken's first choice to be wearing a diaper. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) <laughs> I know, I know, and I will even admit that. Like, I'm sure most of them are like, oh, my goodness, you're kidding me. Um, and it does take some birds longer than others to get used to wearing them. Um, we do have a video on the website that's kind of hilarious where they're kind of stumbling around and they act drunk. Sometimes they'll just lay down and won't get up. Sometimes they kind of twirl around in circles as they're trying to get their balance. Um Usually after, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, um, especially if you sort of distract them with their favorite treats or whatever, they get used to the weight change. I mean, it's primarily a balance issue for them because the diapers, although we try to make them as light as possible, it's still additional weight. um, And it's something that they're, and the elastic is sort of pulling over the front of their chest. So it's a sensation that they're not used to. It's a weight that they're not used to, and it takes them a little bit of time to get used to it. But once they're used to it, they can act like they don't even have it on. They don't even notice after a while. How wonderful.
1: So what's the website?
15: Uh, www.pamperyourpoultry.com
1: pamperyourpoultry.com Of course links I to everything that. you've heard on today's show <laughs> over at animalradio.pet Julie, thank you so much for cheering us up.
15: It was my pleasure. Have a great day.
1: Take care now. I'm going to go dress my chickens. I'm just going to get chickens that I can dress. I don't there have chickens yet, but I'm Well, thinking, you can
2: borrow your neighbors.
1: Uh, maybe I'll just go dress them up well, without we, asking.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, imagine her coming home from work and going out in the backyard See and seeing finding- tutus on her
1: chickens. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love it.
1: Okay, enough chicken shenanigans. It's time for us to get on out and uh, change our chicken tutus. they got to be changed every once in a while. Have yourself a great week. If you need your fix between now and next time, visit us at animalradio.pet. See you later. Bye. This
4: is Animal Radio
8: Network.